Good morning and welcome to WSAU Feedback. I'm Meg Ellison. Thanks for joining me on this Monday morning. Good morning, Speaker Voss. Do you like the song I chose? Oh, my God, Meg, you are fantastic. Dean Martin's one of my favorites. <laughs> well, a little bird told me you may have gone to some kind of Dean Martin concert. I know it wasn't him over the weekend. Uh, we did. We went to a thing at the Milwaukee Rep, so it was actually fun. We went with some friends. So, yes, thank you for uh, reminding me that the world is supposed to be about having fun and doing public policy, not just one or the other. Right, exactly. Well, and, you know, I when we were chatting off air and I you know, kind of almost got caught with a little dead air because I always say that some of my most interesting conversations happen off air, but I, uh, we've established with uh, Senator Ron Johnson when he's a guest that his, he likes Sultans of Swing, which is, of course, Dire Straits, and Congressman Tom Tiffany likes uh, Allman Brothers, Whipping Post, and then the Revival song, too. So, But we'll, we'll probably mix it up a little bit when I have you on because I know that you like Ella Fitzgerald a lot, a lot of the older music, too. So... Well, You're well, right. One of my stations on Sirius is 40s on 4, well, in addition to 70s on 7. So well, I, uh, yeah. I I think there's been a lot of classic music in our country's history, and a lot of the stuff that comes out today certainly doesn't fit the bill. Yes. Well, I wholeheartedly agree. And uh, I'm I those stations are actually... Uh, my P1, of course, is always WSAU. But uh, it, some of the other stations I listen to, I would, I would concur. The 40s and the 70s, also good music, and in and in between too, all the way up to the '80s. But so, well, let's move on to beyond music. Beyond that, I know. And first of all, I want to say thanks again for traveling over to Wausau to uh, participate in our Get Involved Wisconsin event. The critical importance of the state supreme court election, and that's really what the objective was on Saturday. And I appreciate that you took some time to answer questions from the audience about the issues that are on their minds. I know the one that is uh, on the minds of many, and and I said this this morning in frustration because I think there are a lot of people that are misinformed, that are, are trusting what I would say is t- tabloid media, <laughs> and I wouldn't even call it media, but I would just say people that are I don't know. You remember the days of the National Enquirer when nothing that was uh, published in that paper was was accurate. This is kind of like a game of telephone, where this information is is uh, going out to the well. I don't know if I'd say the masses, but Republicans or conservatives, and they're overreacting to something that's not even true. AJR one thirty four. Let's talk about it, just like you did on Saturday. Well, the most important thing is you're right, Meg. Um, You know, one of my favorite presidents, of course, my number one favorite is Calvin Coolidge, but number two is Ronald Reagan. And he always said about the Russians, trust but verify. And that's what I would say about any information that we receive from somebody in the media. It doesn't matter if it's ABC or CBS or Fox News and the conservative movement. Everything should be double-checked because things can be wrong. So when activists sent out an email saying that AJR-134, which was a joint resolution introduced in the last legislature, was being killed. It it didn't even focus on the basic facts if you would just take two minutes to do a Google search. So the way the Constitution in Wisconsin is amended is the legislature proposes a joint resolution. You have to have a general election in the middle. You have another joint resolution that's introduced with a different number and a different process. And then it ultimately goes to the people. 
So the legislature has not even had a joint resolution adopted for the second time on AJR 134. And just for the listeners, AJR 134 would be a constitutional prohibition on billionaires like the Zuckerbucks coming in and influencing our elections. Now, it still means that they could buy commercials, they could organize, they could give to a political party, because that's allowed under the First Amendment. But the idea that you're going to give a donation to the government and then tell them what to do with the donation, like only focusing on turning out one kind of voter, which is in essence what happened in 2020, is clearly wrong. It should be illegal, and we have a constitutional amendment to do that. But it's going to be on the ballot in the spring of 24. Now, Meg, what's going to happen in the spring of 2024 on that ballot? Well, I believe there's going to be a presidential primary. Correct. And I think it's fair to say that the Democrats are lining up behind Joe Biden, uh, who will probably be the nominee um, if the conventional wisdom is correct. But we have no idea right now who is going to be the Republican nominee. Of course, President Trump, uh, former President Trump has said he's going to run. Um, Ron DeSantis is rumored to be running. Glenn Youngkin, Nikki Haley. There's a long list of good people who hopefully could be our nominee. But it also means that the energy and the enthusiasm is going to be on the Republican side of the electorate. So the amendments that we have, one, to say that citizens should be the only ones allowed to vote. You can't be um, an illegal immigrant. Two, uh, that we want to make sure that Tony Evers or any future governor doesn't have unilateral ability to spend COVID dollars without oversight from the legislature. And number three, that billionaires can't give money to government trying to direct the way that elections are run. All three of those amendments hopefully will be on the ballot in April of 2024. Now, again, they have to be introduced. They have to be sent to committee for a hearing. They have to be voted on. So nothing's a surety. But I feel pretty confident that since we passed them all last time under Republicans, that the same thing would happen under these. So would that mean that if you are able to accomplish what you hope in this spring primary in 2024, that this indeed would be in effect during the presidential elect, general election in 2024? Exactly, because the way it works with a constitutional amendment is once it's certified um, that it has passed, uh, it then goes into effect. So, yes, that's the, that's the goal. And, again, it's not about virtue signaling or trying to say to people, you know, I'm going to thump my chest and get something done. This is really important, Meg. I mean, the, the, amending the Constitution isn't done lightly. Right. And we also want to have the best chance of success. So if we passed it this spring, when we have a, or put it on the ballot this spring, when we have a really contentious Supreme Court race, um, I want it to be about crime. Uh, which is what I think one of the main issues that the judiciary deals with, right, is making sure criminals are adequately sentenced when they commit a crime and that the innocent are let free. The second thing I want is to make sure that on topics that are most important, which right now is trying to find enough workers, trying to ensure that we are able to go to a restaurant and they don't have half of it closed off, that people do not become permanently on the dole, uh, that's why we have an advisory question on the ballot. And those two things um, I think are really important for us to gauge people's opinion and also to amend the Constitution. And then next time around, we'll have three different questions uh, that I think will also give us an opportunity to fix what's wrong uh, before the presidential election. So in this, one of these very long, what I would, I guess, characterize as diatribes, these emails that are coming out that are being sent around the state uh, to other, to various Republican groups, et cetera, there's, there's a statement in here that says 
quote, numerous direct and indirect sources hmm, with intimate knowledge of the Assembly GOP caucus have shared that the membership was absolutely promised that AJR 134 would immediately be scheduled for a vote or be passed or considered in the January 2023 floor period so that the Zuckerberg constitutional amendment would be placed on the April 2023 statewide ballot for voters. Can you respond to that? So what was clearly said was, for all the people who are concerned about election integrity, as I'm sure you have heard and said, I know you've said it on your show multiple times, the legislature passed about 18 different proposals dealing with um, tightening up restrictions and correcting some of the flaws we saw in 2020. What we very clearly promised was if we got a Republican governor to sign those, they would be in effect by Valentine's Day. Well, we didn't get a Republican governor to sign them, so they're not going to be in effect until we change who is in the East Wing, which can't happen for another three and a half years. So that is true that we did say that was what we were going to do with the Republican governor, but we failed in that effort, and now we have to deal with the consequences. Okay, so then this – and. And I, I just wanted to, that's why I paused when I read this, numerous direct and indirect sources with intimate knowledge of the Assembly GOP caucus. You know, that's very uh, nebulous. And, and I guess this is part of my frustration. I'm sure it's a part of your frustration as well. It's like the game of telephone. And, and for someone to suggest that they have this insider information about the Inner, inner workings of Robin Voss's brain without actually talking to Robin Voss, without actually talking to Tyler August, without actually talking to your own state representative or state senator, but then they can pass this information around. And I think for me, uh, you know, I feel like this type of action undermines even my job here on the radio because what I'm trying to do is get to the truth and go directly to the source as opposed to relying upon people like this that are spreading this misinformation and causing unnecessary hysteria among Republicans. That, that is exactly right. And I would say, just like I did at the beginning of your interview here, trust but verify. So talk to your own state representative. Do your own research and find out that nobody wants to put something on the ballot and have it fail. Right. Nobody wants to uh, do something that could potentially hurt our chances to get something passed. So, you know, the idea that all of us and I, every Republican voted for it are going to strongly say we need to do something and then somehow change our position. It isn't even accurate, much less the way that the world works. So, you know, I, I wish people would just do a little bit more work as opposed to hitting reply all or send um, and I also think that whenever you see something without specifics in it, it's usually because it's guesswork made up in that person's brain as opposed to real reporting or real fact-checking that unfortunately doesn't happen very often today. Well, and you know, I, I know I have in front of me a list of the bills that the, the Republican legislators passed last year that were vetoed by Governor Evers. And so, I mean, I think what's important to note and what's important to point out to our listeners and really to anyone that's concerned about this, there is there is a strategy involved in actually accomplishing 
accomplishing what the Republicans want to accomplish when there is a Democrat governor in office. And and I think if you would speak to that a little bit and, you know, without obviously divulging information that we don't want Democrats to hear about. But I mean, I know that there's some insider inside baseball going on that we have to I mean, in my opinion, we have to trust those that ha- that we have that we have voted into office to 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 actually follow through with this and to do uh, really what what uh, what is best to accomplish the agenda that the Republicans have versus what the Democrats are uh, what the what the Democrats are putting out. Amen, and that's that's one of the things that is the most frustrating that you have a lot of energy and a lot of passion um, behind people who are frustrated with where our country and our state is. And there is not a Republican legislator in Wisconsin or in the country that does not share that frustration. But our job, uh, what we are elected and sworn into office to do, was to do our very best to make the state as good as we can make it. Right? That's really what it comes down to. And that means sometimes stopping bad ideas from the Democrats, sometimes advancing our ideas, even though we know sometimes they might not become law, to galvanize the public. And sometimes it means finding a middle ground where we can make progress, but maybe not solve the problem. And I think that's where we are on an awful lot of topics that, look, Democrats like the current system. They do not want any changes um, of any consequence. Now, can we make some around the margins? That's my hope, to make the situation better. But it's not going to solve the problem. So this idea that somehow, you know, if we don't do exactly what an activist in some place wants, that we're a bunch of rhinos or whatever, that is just preposterous and dumb. Um, So I would urge people to ask your friends, ask your neighbors, but talk to your local elected officials, talk to your state representative and state senator, and just ask their opinion. You know, have a conversation, call them up, have breakfast, actually bring them in, and don't yell, and don't think that you're smarter than they are. Why don't you actually listen, and they'll learn some things, and so will you. And I think that's the way that conversations should happen. It shouldn't be one side yelling at the other. It should be both sides sitting down and listening as much as they talk. You know, something you said on Saturday at the event, uh, you talked about people being in their own bubbles. And you and I were talking about this off-air this morning about, I mean, even I myself, I would say I have expanded my horizons when it comes to, and that doesn't mean I'm a rhino. I'm not talking to Democrats, but I have talked with people outside of, I guess, my echo chamber and have had, have had conversations, some of which were tough to hear because, I mean, I've, I've shared, I know that our listeners know that I, I was driving the Trump train in 2016. I was all on board with Donald Trump in all the way back in 2016. He was my choice in the primary and, and I voted for him three times. So I voted for him in the primary in 2016 in the general and 2020 in the in, in the general and and I think that I made the mistake of believing that and surrounding myself with only people that believed what I believe and I think that's to our detriment and I think that's to Republicans detriment is that we we don't listen to other Republicans and we don't listen to other points of view that aren't like ours, despite the fact that we have all of these similarities in principle. And, you know, that's a great point, Megan. The other thing that, that people can't understand, if we turn out every single possible Republican, we won't win elections. 
because Wisconsin is a swing state where you have a group of Republicans and a group of Democrats and a small number, but important, group of independents in the middle. And if you go door to door like I do, I mean, that's the one thing about legislators. They all go door to door, which means when you knock on a door, it could be young, old, black, white, liberal, conservative. You have no idea the person that's going to open the door and you have to listen and you have to make a connection. And that doesn't happen by talking about why you're angry or what you believe in. It's also by listening and having a conversation. And what I did in 2020 when I talked to a lot of people is, yes, they were passionate Trump supporters. They were passionate Republicans, no doubt about it. But there were an awful lot of independents who had voted Republican in the past and decided that they didn't want to be part of what they described as chaos, right? I don't agree with them, but I have to listen and react to it if I want to win elections. And that's what we have to do in Wisconsin is we have to be passionate. We have to fight. We have to do what we know is right. But we also have to be welcoming to bring in people who maybe agree with us 80% of the time, like Ronald Reagan said. They are our friend and ally, not our enemy. And too many people don't appreciate the fact that if you don't agree with everything I think, you're a rhino. Mm -hmm. Well, then we're going to have a pretty small group and our bubble's going to get only smaller and smaller. Yeah, well, I think the key word in all of what you said was listen. And I, I think that's, that's what I did over the course of the last at least year. And I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to hear it at first. I didn't I, I, and I, I wrote a piece about it about how Donald Trump has lost my support and and I and it, it, it pained me to write it, but I listened to a, an awful lot of people that shared the same sentiments that and the same concerns that I had and and the divisiveness within the Republican Party is going to kill us. If we if we continue to fight amongst each other, the Democrats will beat us every single time. And so we have to figure out a way to come together and to beat the Democrats instead of beating ourselves. That's right. We have to be united in order to reach out and bring those independents in, because if you see a family fighting, you're pretty unlikely to want to join that family. Uh, and that's, I think, where we are as a party. You know, we agree on probably 95 percent of the issues, and we realize that the left will take us in a direction that will not just hurt our state, but I think it will ruin our country, which is why it is so crucial for us to remember all the things we agree on and fight for those as opposed to limit ourselves to arguing about a couple differences in tactics that is not even substantive, but that's where some people get caught up. So let's just reiterate and go back to what we started with, this AJR-134, which will be named something else in 2024, or 2023 even, uh, will eventually, the, the, the banning of Zuckerbucks, or Zucker, whatever it is, yeah, Zuckbucks, uh, there will be a constitutional amendment. We just have to hold tight because it's going to happen, correct? Exactly. It will be on the ballot uh, before the presidential election in 2024. Okay. Well, that's what I wanted to clear up today. Thank you. I know uh, Re State Representative Scott Krug also uh, explain this in, uh, last week, but I wanted to make sure for those that didn't hear it, they could go, they could hear it directly from the source himself, Speaker Robin Voss. Thank you very much for joining me. I appreciate your time this morning. I hope you have a great week. Thanks, Meg. I always enjoy it. Have a good day, too. Thank you. We'll talk again soon. Got to roll right into the 830 news, followed by the second half of feedback in your calls. 715-845-2155.